When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. Honestly, at first I didn't realize she diagnosed me. I had to be like, wait, what is it? And she's like, oh, autism what? Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go and blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand, just like you. Please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. Don't tell I said, don't please tell. don't tell anyone. Please don't tell anyone. Don't tell. I said, please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. Don't tell. I am an autistic woman, and the discovery of my disability was difficult and took until I was 17. Navigating the world now is so much different, especially being a high-functioning autistic person. Dealing with dating, sex, school, friends, etc. has completely changed. I want to explain how it's hard to have an invisible disability. I completely forgot what I said. Well, it was so long ago, you yeah. know, and that's – we were talking about this before we started recording. But mm-hmm. I marinated on yours for a while because I think – this is going to sound really bad, but I think I was nervous to do the interview yeah. because I didn't – I don't want to say anything wrong. And I think that's exactly why we need to do this interview. You yeah, know? for sure. I get that, though, because people will ask me questions all the time, which we can talk about later, too. Yeah. And especially when someone says autism, there's such a range mm-hmm. that even with high functioning, you know, I had, I have no idea who I'd be talking to today, you yeah, know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Which like, I um, didn't know a lot before I got diagnosed. It was through yeah. my diagnosis that I learned and educated myself so I could understand myself better. Well, yeah. And that's what I hope you are able to do for all of us today. And I yeah. think that more than anything, that phrase invisible disability stands out. Mm-hmm loud and clear so why don't you just start where you want to start I'll jump in and ask questions and so I thought I would start with when I officially got diagnosed and like we I can interject and like add the important details later on because I think in my head this is how I figured it out yeah and how I learned about it so I officially got diagnosed with autism one which was formerly known as Asperger's when I was 17, so in 2019, because I had just turned 17 when I started the process of the diagnoses. And the only reason I ended up getting tested was because when I was talking to my therapist, because I've been in therapy my whole life, I was like, how do I have anxiety, depression, sensory disorder, possible OCD, PTSD? How do I have all of these things? And I still don't think it explains me. And she just like randomly said, well, I've marked you to be possibly autistic for like the past six years, but I never said anything. (laughs) Yeah. Why didn't she say anything? Because I'm very high functioning. 
And I've been going to therapy my whole life and I've been doing everything you're supposed to do when you find out. Like I was seeing an occupational therapist at the time. I had plans in place in school to be successful. And that all like kind of goes back. My parents are teachers, so they knew what to do. Being that you're in therapy your whole life Mm -hmm. and you're self-aware and your ability to be like, okay, I have all of these things. Mm -hmm. Was there, and you don't have to say what it was, but was there like a trauma or something that would have made sense for you to have those things without being autistic? Or did it never really make a lot of sense why you had such severe mental health issues? So I started going to therapy when I was in fourth grade because my parents got divorced. And I do not deal with change well. And Mm -hmm. especially as a kid, change is very hard. So they put me in therapy then, and I was diagnosed with, like, a mood disorder, mood swings, a bunch of random stuff that don't actually apply anymore because of the autism Mm -hmm. diagnosis, which my original therapist also marked me down to possibly be autistic and just didn't say (laughs) anything, which is ironic, like, looking back now. Well, also, like, (laughs) bizarre, please don't tell anyone that your therapist were, like, don't even tell this girl that she may be autistic which would have been so helpful it would have been um so like there was never like a direct trauma that could have resulted I had a very good childhood in retrospect like I obviously I've dealt with things like my parents divorce wasn't super great or anything like that and I wasn't an easy kid by any means but I don't have like a severe trauma that came from that moment to explain it it. you you answered my question my question Mm -hmm. was basically when I hear PTSD, anxiety, depression, yeah. so all the, of those things, my anxiety, I think, oh, was she at war yeah. when mm-hmm. she was seven? Mm-hmm. But I am North Dakota. You can include this. I'm North Dakota born and raised. I cannot have that kind of trauma mm-hmm. um, other than the fact that I was born in North Dakota, which is kind of traumatizing as it is yeah. because it's North Dakota. <laughs> I'll I say it. Food recommendation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been thinking about it. Okay, good. Um, like, I had a pretty good childhood. Like, I have parents for teachers, so they're super open and understanding about a lot of things, even though they did grow up very conservative. Um, I had very, I had parents that very much let you think and do what you wanted and taught you along the way. They raised mm-hmm. me very well. Um, and I definitely was raised differently from other people. And I think a lot of it does tie back to the fact that I was an undiagnosed autistic child because Mm -hmm. there were certain things like my parents did to accommodate for me that you wouldn't normally do with other kids. Like what? I think of when it came to food. Like you think you meet a pick eater and then you meet me. Like I'm extremely picky. My mom always had extra food in the house or would bring extra food to school because I went to the school she taught out for a while just in case I needed extra food. Most kids don't really get that unless they're pretty spoiled, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean? Yeah. Or whenever I was going through a really bad depressive episode or emotional episode, instead of my parents like getting angry about it, they knew not to like sit down and talk to me they knew they had to like leave me alone for a little bit and then come and get me but like they had knew that difference mm-hmm. well like I look back and how my sister was raised she wasn't raised like that she was raised differently what's the age gap of you and your sister uh almost two years like it's like 1.7 or something like that are you older yeah I'm the oldest okay well, older kids are known to be more type A and more structured. Yeah, like yeah. my sister is like that. So I could see 
maybe why those things were also accepted a little bit more because yeah. it's like the firstborn. Yeah. Um, definitely. I'm a structured person. I'm a scheduled person. Like at two o'clock, it's this time. Three o'clock is this time. Four o'clock is this time. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So going back, how did, you, you know, I kind of took you off track here. Oh, you're fine. How did you learn? How did you learn okay. you were diagnosed? So I know the process of getting diagnosed is different in every state, but it's kind of collectively the same. So I can only speak for like North Dakota, mm-hmm. but so I would say it was around January, February that my therapist was like, let's get you set up for the d- appointments. Like, why not? It doesn't hurt to try and get tested. Take three hours out of how many hours in a month. Mm-hmm. So February, and I didn't get into my first appointment until June, which wow. I think is something to say about how like there's not a lot of qualified professionals in this field to do it. Yeah. Um, and then it was a series of three appointments. So the first appointment was just me going into a room and doing like these little tests with the diagnoser, the medical professional, which they're like little kid tests because little kids get diagnosed with autism usually, not a 17 year old. Yeah. So I was like pretending to read a book like making up this story as I go and brushing. It was weird. It was really weird. And the whole time I was thinking, wow, this is this is interesting. Well, but also somehow those answers led them to your diagnosis, though. So I'm, yeah. I am. It is interesting that it's even interesting. though they were child tests. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know exactly what goes into like that part of it. I know mm-hmm. the biggest contender to officially diagnosing me was my mom's appointment. So the oh. second appointment is the appointment where a parent or parents, in my case, it was only my mom because my dad didn't really think I was autistic, which is a whole other thing. Um, my mom going in and talking about my childhood, which like I barely, I cannot remember my childhood, yeah, which I, I just have a really bad memory. And this is what I was talking about. Like my mom talked about me as a baby and how I was an extremely difficult baby and child and I've been difficult my whole life. I've said I'm a difficult person. I've always said that. But she would talk about how when I was younger, if there was a tag on my clothes, she would rip it off or else I'd have like a freak out panic attack before school. I couldn't wear tights. I couldn't wear hoodies. Um, I wouldn't breastfeed, but I wouldn't drink most formulas either. Not because I couldn't, because she literally was like, you did not want to. You refuse to. Apparently, I had to have like three pacifiers at all time. While I was like intelligently not delayed, I was kind of physically delayed. Like not to the point where it's bad, but to the point where it's like, you should have been walking by now. Hmm. But like I'm fine now, which that's, that is a sign of autism. Um, and then like things when it came to learning and stuff like that, I met the criteria to be autistic. Hmm. So it was that appointment, which the professional was like, that's when I was like, yes, you, you were more than likely autistic. And it's just because I've been in therapy my whole life that I had the tools to be successful without a diagnosis. Your parents being teachers, mm-hmm. did they teach autistic kids at all? Like, My mom is a reading teacher, which can kind of fall under the classification of special ed. Yes. So she helps a lot of kids with special ed. So my mom has always said, I knew within the first two months of your life that you had something, and I knew by the time you were one, you were autistic. 
why was it not addressed between my, 1 and 17? My dad did not think it was true. And was that the dynamic that just because your dad didn't think you wouldn't go get tested? I don't think my parents had a super healthy relationship. So I think that had a lot to do with it. Because like I said, it was What wasn't... about when they got divorced? That's when I started going to therapy. Oh. And like the therapist never officially said anything to my parents. They just mark it down in their notes and we don't see some notes. God, but that this this just makes me so mad at adults. Yeah. <laughs> because three minutes ago, you said a sentence that made me really sad, which is, you know, I was a very difficult baby. I was, oh, I've always been a difficult person. I'm a yeah. difficult person. And that makes me so sad that that's <laughs> what you think because what I'm hearing is, no, you're not a difficult person. You are you and the mm-hmm. world doesn't know didn't what to accommodate do. you yeah for your um, differences yeah and I don't blame my dad at all for not believing it he wasn't he was around but he wasn't super around he's a very career driven person which I admire yeah. him for because it's taught me to be super career driven so I don't think but it he sounds like he was it. against your mom wanting to take you for testing I think for my dad it came down to admitting he had a special needs daughter And there's nothing wrong with that. But the way my extended family is, is that it wouldn't be super accepted. And we, they don't know. I refuse to tell them. I mean, okay, so much to unpack. Yeah. (laughs) The the second part of that. But I just wanted to pause for a second when you said, you know, it would come down to him not wanting to accept that he had a special needs kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's exactly the fucked up stigma of even went through. Yeah. I'll admit, went through my head of, am I qualified to talk to this autistic person? Because I don't know where they fall on on the spectrum. Yeah, and I'm high-functioning, so I always say it's a little easier for other people, but it doesn't diminish my experience by any means. Yeah, and you shouldn't have to accommodate other people. I mean, like, I'm just... I'm even mad at myself right now. Don't be. No, I am. (laughs) I should should be, because... It's okay. I know, no, 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 I know. But, you know, your dad was putting his fears yeah and needs yeah and I get upset about it sometimes like looking back and hearing that Mm -hmm. but I also I kind of get it because that's a hard truth to admit like there's nothing wrong with being autistic by any means but like you said there's a stigma around it yeah and it's I think for my dad it would be admitting that I would always have this barrier that I would have to overcome the rest of my life Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of tough to admit, I would say. What makes it that you won't tell extended family? I mean, it's not like you're gay where it's something well. The, I, where... I'm, I'm bisexual, so oh, you're bisexual. <laughs> yeah. So I also can't tell them about that. Nice, nice. So you're basically they have no idea who you are. Yo, um, yeah. Which like I've oh opened my up God. a little bit, but not to an extent but I, I use gay as an example because it's like you know people are so afraid to come out because it's like oh are they gonna disown me no like, like i've never heard of someone being disowned because they're autistic no but there's so much judgment yeah there's so much judgment when it comes to saying you're autistic or fully admitting it i just know like while my extended family would still i'd still be a part of the family by any means for that reason not the bisexual reason i would yeah. not be accepted <laughs> for that reason I know they'd still accept me, but they would never talk or look at me the exact same way because they do not understand what it actually means. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking about my dad having Parkinson's Mm -hmm. and uh, 
really until the last six months. I mean, I've known for like four years of his mm-hmm. diagnosis, but before that, he, you know, there was three years before that that they didn't even tell us. And the whole thing, going back to the police, don't tell anyone, was like the second people know this about him, they're going to look at him differently. They're going to treat yeah. him differently. He's this, you know, successful, amazing lawyer. And the second we say this out loud, everyone's going to think that he's no longer what what he was. Yeah, and I definitely think like that I can relate to that for sure. It's like, and I've been talking about this with my therapist recently because I think it's something I actually need to work on because I'm not embarrassed of the diagnosis. So why am I mm-hmm. so afraid to tell people? Yeah, it's something I'm working on right now, and I think that does have to go back to the fact that I wasn't diagnosed until I was 17 years old, which is extremely yeah. late. Okay, so you find out you're diagnosed. Yep. In the third appointment, they officially told me. What's your reaction? Honestly, at first I didn't realize she diagnosed me. I had to be like, wait, what is it? And she's like, oh, autism one. Like I had to double check because I was like, what are you saying right now? Because she was saying so many things. Um, I definitely cried. Hmm. Not because I was sad, but it was almost like a release. Like a... (sighs) Like, like a, that makes sense. Finally, like this makes sense. Like everything so all made those, sense. Did all those other diagnoses that were like being thrown at the wall of PTSD and the Which, personality like, yeah. and the mood, did so those like, kind of disappear? Mm, no, because you can never officially get rid of a diagnosis once you have one. Like I have mm-hmm. PTSD, but that doesn't really relate to the autism yeah. diagnosis that came on actually after. Mm-hmm. But like I still have anxiety and depression pretty bad. Um, but like my sensory disorder didn't go away, but it's not really looked at as a separate thing. It's a part of the autism diagnosis totally. now. What is your sensory disorder? Um, just like all senses, like smell, touch, feet. Oh, I feel touch. Uh, same thing. Uh, <laughs> taste. Sound. Yes. Yeah, sound. Oh, I'm so sensitive to sound. What's something that really triggers you sound wise? Paper rubbing together. Okay. I will literally puke. Oh my god. Like it's a, like, like a like when you have your papers in class and like if you rub mm-hmm. them a certain way, I will literally yeah. get chills and almost throw up. Okay. And like touch, I can't touch velvet at all. I'll freak out. Like I've had panic attacks cuz I go thrifting. That's how I get the majority of my clothes. I will mm-hmm. have a panic attack if I touch velvet just cuz it like overwhelms my entire body. Now, I want to be clear here cuz I'm worried I'll post this clip to tiktok and people will be like oh my god i have the same reaction i also hate velvet. everyone you know can I mean? hate a feeling or a touch or a texture but it doesn't overwhelm you to the point where you have freakouts. or i have like a tool that i have where i have to get it out and literally brush the feeling away or else i'll have a oh, panic wow. attack over it and your panic attack looks like a classic panic attack. Like. Yeah, like I say there's a difference between my anxiety attacks and my panic attacks. Usually my panic attacks are drawn from something while my anxiety attacks is just me mm-hmm. being an anxious person. I totally understand that and I do too for myself. I yeah. just didn't want people on TikTok to be like, am I autistic? Because they don't I, like the feeling of something. I, I get it though because – I thought that everyone had that feeling, so what's different? But then I realized, oh, people don't literally have panic attacks over Mm -hmm. the smell of broccoli. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's something going on there. Now that you know that you're autistic and Mm -hmm. now that you know the things, you know, you're an adult that trigger you. If someone invites you to, like, a mac and cheese restaurant and it's, like, 
today broccoli is our special and there's a giant (laughs) steam but what do you do what are your coping mechanisms in society knowing that you're going to be triggered that was a horrible example no 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 (laughs) that's actually a pretty good example because food's a big one for me because i'm super picky i'll usually bring the snack places so mm-hmm. that I can eat something if I cannot find a single thing, which I've definitely been working on it. Smell. I carry essential oils with me everywhere. People harp on it, but they can be really helpful in times of need. Like, I'll put some on my wrist and I'll literally just be like, mm-hmm. like smelling my wrist to make sure I don't get overwhelmed. But I've also like kind of trained myself to not focus on certain smells or sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I can redirect myself somewhere else that's a big thing or like if I touch something like I was talking about earlier I have this brush it's not like an actual buns brush it's like a sensory tool brush and I use it to get rid of the touch feeling mm. that's cool that's really yeah. really cool yeah when you got diagnosed how did you look back then at your childhood in terms of friendships relationships mm. peers playground experiences because I feel like all that would start to Yes, that was a big thing I realized because I really struggle keeping friends. I've always struggled keeping friends. I thought it was just like who I was, but that's apparently very common for autistic people to struggle keeping and making friends. I would say I've never really, I had one childhood best friend and that fizzled out once we weren't in the same grade anymore, like in the same school because she was a grade older than me. But other than that, like I don't really have childhood friends because I could never keep them. Mm-hmm. Same with high school and middle school. I could never keep friends over the summer. I just never could for some reason. And it relates back to the autism diagnosis because I struggle keeping and making friends. That's something a lot of autistic people deal with. And like with my really good friends now, I have to work for it. Like I, I'm constantly putting in a ton of effort and it's really exhausting sometimes. Yeah. And what about dating? Dating's really <laughs> tough. Because um, that was part of your submission, and it is. I do find that very I interesting, think, especially that you're bisexual too. That adds a whole yep. other element. Yeah, it does. Which for me, I came out when I was 19, I think. Which I was in a really toxic relationship my junior year of high school, right before the pandemic hit. And I think a lot of it tied back to him knowing he could take advantage of me, because he was the only person I've ever told I was autistic in a dating sense. Wow. And I think he knew because I couldn't understand certain things. He was able to take advantage of me emotionally, physically, sexually. Mm. So that has affected my dating in general. But Mm. I've been, I've worked on it and I'm doing really good now. Like now, like I'm in college, I'm trying to have a college experience, which is like dating around and seeing people. And it's hard because... Mm -hmm. When I don't always understand what's going on. Like sometimes I'm like, are you interested in me? Or are you just trying to be friends with me right now? Like I can mm-hmm. never tell. Um, usually they have to give me some sort of hint. Like which they'll have to be like, no, like I'm into you like more than just a friend. Like I'm interested in you like romantically. Well, dating's and already really difficult tough. and nuanced. And a lot of, you know, reading between the lines. And so I can't imagine <laughs> adding autism to that. Yeah. And I think the reason I put that down is I wanted to talk about how I am terrified to tell someone that I'm interested in that I'm autistic. Well, that to me goes back to your dad, though. Probably. (laughs) I mean, I did not like a super analyzing way, but like, I guess after hearing what, 25 minutes of this, that feels really (laughs) black and white. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, Especially men. 
Do you find it's easier to tell women that you're autistic? I am less afraid to tell women I'm autistic, which I'm from North Dakota. There's not a lot of women around here like that, especially where I go to college. So I've dated women and stuff, but and I've I've told women that like Mm -hmm. though I've been in kind of we were getting a little serious before I ended it because it was getting a little too much for me, like in Mm -hmm. general. Um, yeah, but I told her and intense. she was yeah. perfectly fine with it. She was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, whatever. I don't care. Since my boyfriend in high school, I have I had a boyfriend last year, my freshman year of college. And I we dated for over six months and I never told him. Wow. Because I was so scared that he would leave me because like probably like you said, I am terrified that no one will accept me for being autistic, even though I'm not embarrassed about it. Yeah. It's, it's it's funny. I thought you were gonna say you were you were terrified that he would take advantage of you the way your last boyfriend did. You know, it probably has something to do with that too. Like I'm not blind to that. He obviously messed with my brain a little bit when it comes to this stuff because he did take advantage because he knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I don't it, pick men well in general, so he wasn't a good boyfriend either. But <laughs> I feel like if the as I get to know you on this call, mm-hmm. like I do, I feel like if the roles were reversed and I said to you right now, like, I'm really scared to tell someone that I'm dating X about me. You wouldn't you say, well, Just if they're going to love you, yeah, if they're going to love you, they should mm-hmm. know that about you. Like they are, yeah. if they don't love it, then they got to go anyways. Yeah. Which like, I got really close to telling my last boyfriend, um, mm-hmm. like I was about to have that conversation with me, him, and then he cheated on me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so I never ended up telling him because <laughs> well I yeah. wasn't gonna date him I wasn't gonna continue to date him after that how did you find out that he cheated so he went on like a spring break trip with his family and mm-hmm. then like he was really distant the entire time and you know like I always say it's like my little intuition that I mm-hmm. have because I'm autistic I can tell when something is off like that yeah I can tell power. if something is going on like if my friend's being extra quiet i'm like what is going on this is not like you like normal and you call it out more than because i i thrive in like routine and normalcy like the discomfort's just too much so i can tell when someone's acting weird and i'm like okay something's going on right now Mm -hmm. so i knew that and then he came back and like kind of immediately broke up with me and so i texted his friend and i was like what happened and he's like i think he's seeing someone else and i was like Okay. And I blocked him and I was like, nope, you don't get to try because I knew he'd try and come back. Wow. Yeah. Sucks. But but also not the right one. No. And that's fine. I think that's a part of life is experiences. You learn and you live. Mm-hmm. Um, but like going back to dating and being scared to tell people, I've definitely seen people since and gone on dates. And I think a part of me also doesn't tell people because I like to gauge how they are before they know because I'm so Mm -hmm. high functioning. Mm -hmm. Because most people, when they first meet me, Mm -hmm. and then a few months later when I tell them, they're like, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And in that, you can find out a lot of truth about people and what they're really like towards people with disabilities. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of fucked up to say. No, it's so true. <laughs> it is so, so true. Because, I mean, it goes right back to what I was saying. And also, like, if you put it on your Tinder, for lack of a better yeah, no, I don't know, way to describe yeah. this. If you were like, uh, I love cheats, cheese, and swimming, and I'm autistic. Right? Like, they're mm-hmm. gonna go in their heads to... Someone probably low-functioning. Yeah. Because I'm high-functioning. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't realize. Yeah. I didn't know the opposite term, and so I was just okay. Like, no, no. So no, like, there's hot. Do you want me to explain it? Please explain it. Okay. Yeah, so there's I'm like high functioning. Oh no, you're good. There's high functioning <laughs> and low functioning. When you think of autism, you more than likely think of someone who's low functioning. Yes. Someone who needs daily assistance, who might be yes. nonverbal, which that means they don't communicate at yes. all. Uses a tablet. That's usually what you think of. But the truth is, is autism is this giant spectrum my one therapist i had for a while said it's not even a spectrum it's like this circle and you can be all over the place with it Mm -hmm. i'm high functioning i have autism one Mm -hmm. which was known as asperger's they changed the criteria a couple years ago to be more inclusive towards people where my head is right now is have you watched dating on the spectrum i assume you have i've seen a couple episodes because I I knew you were going to say that you, like, don't love it or have watched every episode or something like that. I so I'm interested TV, in your take. I, I've seen a couple episodes because my friend wanted me to see it. Because she's like, oh, my God, you're autistic. You should exactly. watch this. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I watched you. an episode and I was like, "That's not I'm me. good. I think TV and movies and all that don't do a great job in general. So I struggled to watch that because I'm like, Mm, you can tell someone who's not autistic was not even considered or talked to when filming this. Yeah. Dating on the spectrums, it's okay. It's just not my personal cup of tea in general. I don't like dating yeah. reality shows like that in general. Do you think you would date another autistic person? I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it. Mm-hmm. I I say that for almost everything, though. I think you you need to experience things before you say no to something. I, I would be open because I think I'd be probably pretty understanding. But also, it's hard to date me. I'm... I'm difficult to date in general, like, there would be, that would be a big clash, so that, it would be difficult. You know, it would be interesting if you were dating someone, and they told you that they were autistic, and you had Oh my god, I'd have, like, a, (gasps) oh my god, I'd be in love instantly, probably. Okay, so, what about your friends? Do they know? Yes, um, so I would say I, like, in college, I made really good Mm -hmm. friends. I was able to kind of grow into myself. you were working into the relationship, yeah, you were working at it. I had a really good friend last year and she chose a boyfriend over me actually because I don't like her boyfriend. She knew that and she kind of got ghosted me and I said, you know what? Not worth my energy. I have a really good friend. She knows. Um, we talk about it sometimes. My other really good friend, she knows. She actually talks to me about struggles she has with it. She goes, I think my sister's autistic. What should I do? And we've mm-hmm. talked about it and I've given her some advice on how to help her sister out and then it's funny when you have something you become the voice of it all of a sudden and I definitely (laughs) think because I'm more high functioning people look for me for a voice and Mm -hmm. I hate it sometimes because I'm like it's so much more than just me Mm -hmm. and I can only speak for myself on things where does your dad stand with all of it now because he's an important uh, part of this yeah he's good now um but now I won't tell anyone I told him not to. I guess I should clarify mm. that. I'm the reason my I asked my mom did not listen. That's a whole thing. But my dad, okay. I said, please do not tell our family. I do not want them to know. And he's been very respectful of that. Okay, okay. Because I guess I should have clarified that. I'm sorry. That's like no, what no, I was no, talking that's about fine. earlier. I'm just, like, no, it's no, in no, my brain. I think everyone else knows it, but you don't know that. But that's anyone that. telling their story. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. people will tell me stories and I'm like, who is this person? I... Like, I, I don't want my family to know because I do not want the judgment that I know mm-hmm. they will have. They already judged me for the piercings and the tattoos, so I'm mm-hmm. good. What uh, What's your career path? I am going into genetic counseling. Okay. 
what's that about? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, the basic overview is someone would come in being like, hey, I think I possibly have this genetic disorder. You'd help them figure out if they have it through, like, family pedigrees and genetic testing. Mm-hmm. And from there, tell them what the results are and what their next steps should be. That's what I plan on doing. Why did you choose this path? This is a fun story, actually. (laughs) I was hoping something would get brought up. I found this path by mistake, and it goes back to the autism thing. My entire life, I thought I was going to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I was told I was going to be a teacher. And I was taking classes, because North Dakota is really good. You can take college classes in high school. So, like, I have a year done of school before Mm -hmm. I came in. So I was taking teaching classes in high school I was taking these classes that made sense for that career path and then it was like this epiphany I had one day where I was like after my diagnosis I had this epiphany I went do I want to be a teacher because I love it or because it's all I've ever known and I'm familiar with it which kind of goes back to being autistic I like the familiarity of things I like Mm -hmm. being in something consistent um And the reason I found genetics is I was really good at it in like the basic bio class in high school. So I was like, oh, I'll take our genetics class for my third science just for the credit. And I fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. It was like this thing that I just had this passion for. Like I love pedigrees. I could do them in my sleep. They're like my favorite thing to do. That's so cool. And so once I had that epiphany of you want to be a teacher because you're autistic and your parents are teachers and you grew up in the education world your entire life, but that's not really what you want to do. You need to step out of your comfort zone and chase this passion of yours. That's why I wanted to bring that up because I think like a lot of people who are autistic kind of don't choose a career path that makes sense for them, like passion wise, mm-hmm. but they choose it because they're familiar with it. Yeah. Which is like something people don't realize, but it's definitely a thing. Have you uh, looked into autism in genetics at all? Yeah, um, which, like, the cause of autism isn't officially known. They have theories about neurons and development. um, And it's not, like, official that autism is passed down genetically, but there's definitely been, like, entire families where the dad was autistic and then all his kids are autistic or something like Mm -hmm. that. I would be interested to study that one day for sure. Um, Yeah. I don't know. For me, I just know I want to work in genetics. That is all I I want. I love that for you. I think that's all I want in life. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to talk about? Here, I had some notes. Let me yeah, see. Please. I guess there's, like, nothing, like, officially I wanted to talk about. But, like, I definitely want to just give as much information as I can. Yeah, I guess the only thing that also off your submission – let me look at it one more time. Oh, dealing with dating, sex, school, friends. So, sex, we can glaze Oh, we can or- talk. I love talking about we, sex. Yeah, we can- Go however deep, no pun intended, you want to. But. Um, so sex was a scary, scary thing for me as a kid. Um, I was definitely exposed to it a little bit earlier on because I love to read and some mm-hmm. books have it in there. And yeah, I was not aware of what it was for a very long time. Sex was scary because it's this very intimate thing. And I struggle with intimacy. I struggle with eye contact. I struggle to, I struggle with touch sometimes. So sex was this thing that I was terrified of. And then I had that bad experience with someone taking advantage of me because of my autism and stuff. And that turned me away from it for a very long time. 
And I know a lot of people, I've heard and I've read a lot of people who are autistic who say the exact same thing. Who say it can be this very overwhelming thing that can go wrong very quickly if you aren't aware of what's happening or what you like or what you want to do. And I've grown a lot since then and I find sex to be something that I can also enjoy now. Mm-hmm. But it took a long time and when I do have sex with someone, I usually have to be very aware of what's going on constantly because it can be something I get overwhelmed with extremely easily. And sex I think with a girl is I mean, I've never had sex with a guy. So <laughs> sex with I a would girl say is sex really with a girl, to. sex with a girl's easier in that way okay. because even I would say <laughs> it's very me, even texturally I like sex a lot <laughs> <laughs> I can say that I like sex a lot um it was overwhelming at first yeah that is a great way sex is very overwhelming in general guy yeah. or girl yeah but the girl's a little bit different like it's a little yeah. more overwhelming yeah but... well, that's what I meant texture wise like you know you're working with yeah kind of like it... an open gaping wet situation yeah it's a little different um Mm -hmm. like it can be a little bit more overwhelming in that sense you're not wrong like you are completely on the mark my first time with a girl was very awkward Mm -hmm. because I was like oh there's a lot Mm -hmm. happening right now yeah but I was definitely yeah yeah but even with guys it can be like that though like I think it's very easy for me to get overwhelmed in general with textures and stuff and I think that ties back to my dating where I struggle to find people to be intimate with because I have to explain to them, like, I know we might be in the middle of something, but if I get overwhelmed, I have to stop. But that's, that should, that's, it, that's autism normal. or not needs to be yeah, the case. Yeah, yeah, obviously, but you would think differently, Yeah, which is fucked up in general, but mm-hmm. that just made me think about, like, even social situations like parties. Mm-hmm. Um, I go out, I have fun with my friends, um, and then you think of, like, a guy coming up to you or a girl coming up and talking to you and they will get very touchy at times and I mm. fucking can't stand it sometimes when I'm overwhelmed I'm like <gasps> get off of me right now I know you want to touch my back but please mm-hmm. do not touch my back right now so how does it go from do not ever you know I don't want to be touched to I love having sex like when did that happen for me well I guess where's that line if someone comes up to you and they're hitting on you and you're into them and you don't want them to touch you how do you navigate that I have very good friends where I can give them a look and they will know to come get me Mm -hmm. whether it's because the guy's creepy or because I'm overwhelmed usually I use the Mm -hmm. bathroom ruse I use that a lot where Mm -hmm. I'm like oh I gotta go to the bathroom and I'll go and I'll hide in the bathroom for a while that usually works pretty well um (laughs) but like in general for me like learning how to enjoy sex I actually had a pretty good partner for a while we were in a situation ship per se the summer mm-hmm. before college started and he knew I was autistic so I was able to like learn what how I did actually he know learned. you were autistic because you my said the last... friend blurted it out on accident okay and look the one person thing. who knew you were autistic that you were getting with is the example you're using as the positive I know one. I know I should like learn from my mistakes or something <laughs> we <all> should, yeah <laughs> I know right like looking back I actually really like the sex was just boring to me now like looking back at it but yeah because but he knew then. because he would he knew and we talked about it it was I, I always say while he wasn't a very like I'm glad I never ended up dating him or anything because it would mm-hmm. not have worked out 
I'm glad I had that experience because it taught me that sex can be something I can enjoy as an autistic Mm -hmm. individual. And it's not this thing to be terrified of at all times. Does that make sense? Oh, it 100% makes sense. But it also makes sense that you felt safer because he knew. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sex is just hard for anyone. It's this yeah. it's a thing you have to learn and realize and understand better. Mm-hmm. But it just takes a lot to get there. And totally. I'm just lucky I had a good partner in that time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very glad that you had a good partner there and I hope my wish for you is only good partners and good sex to come. I think once <laughs> I get out of this state it will be better. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, literally North Dakota. Yeah, I think anything will be better when you get out of North Dakota. I have to go out of state for grad school, so I'm just like I'm just sitting here. Where are you gonna go? Have you traveled a lot? I've traveled a decent amount. Um, I've been to a lot of different states. I'm kind of up in the air at this point. I don't want to get my heart set on a school because it's a very competitive program. Yeah. And I know if I get disappointed, I will lose all motivation to go somewhere. Are you opposed to cities? Oh, I want to live somewhere bigger. Like, does New York scare you or excite you? I've been to New York and I loved it. I yeah, loved I, th- I really think City. you need a New York moment just across the board. I love New York City. There's one near there that I'm interested in. My goal is just sure. to apply to a ton and hopefully get into one. Will you yeah. put that you're autistic on those applications or will it be a part of your submission? I usually actually put um, I have a disability. So Mm -hmm. you never have to say you have a disability when applying Mm -hmm. to a job because legally they cannot discriminate against you, which I definitely have been before. Yes, of course. So I'll probably put I have a disability, but I usually will not directly say what I have. And that goes with all my teachers and stuff too. I never will directly say I'm autistic unless they ask me. I've had a few professors be like, student, are you (laughs) autistic? And I go, yeah, I am. And they'll ask me some questions about it and that's it. But um, I'll never directly say it because... I think they expect me to act a certain way then because they I feel hear like that's I'm inappropriate though for them to ask that because I had a teacher uh, once ask me if I had ADHD mm-hmm. and everyone like freaked out when they heard that like my mom and they were like that's I guess I should clarify like the professor I'm talking about right now I'm very close to got it, got it. Uh, no so this like, was, like her <laughs> asking me no no her asking me was not weird by any means it was just like oh okay I guess now you know or, mm-hmm. like, I'll mention it to them, but I, I don't legally have to tell you what my disability is. So I'm not going to because that information should not keep you from teaching me any differently or treating me any differently from another student. I have these accommodations in place. If you find out I'm autistic and suddenly don't want to follow them, one, that's illegal, and two, that's not fair to me. All right, you ready for your restaurant? Oh, okay, yeah. North Dakota, we're all going. North coming. Dakota. Um, Where if are we you going? for some reason go to North Dakota, which <laughs> um, there's some things to do, I recommend mm-hmm. Siki's Garage. Um, oh. It's it's this really cool burger joint, which they have more than just mm-hmm. burgers, but they have fun burgers like a donut burger, a mac and oh cheese burger, um, th- which the I mac and that- cheese burger is amazing. Their mac and cheese in general is amazing. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.